0: There's been something that's been on my mind over the last little bit, partially because it's where I'm at and uh, partially because I feel that a lot of hyphens deal with this as well, and that's time passing and the expectations that go along with it. Um, and so when I think of this age group, how many of you are in your 20s? Oh, that's a, that's a large group. How, how many of you are like 18, 19? Okay, a little bit. And then 30s, yeah? All right, there's like three of us, woo! (laughs) Yes, I'm 33. I don't look it, but I am, thank you. Um, So, uh, when I think of this age group, the 20, sorry, 18, 19, and then the 20s and early 30s, that's what I'll call myself because I'm not 35 yet, um, I think about how it can be so confusing and time is passing by. And I find once you hit your 20s, time goes by so much faster. It's insane. And I, I know there's still the same amount of days, same amount of hours in a day. But time just seems to be going so much faster. And I can't seem to be catching up. Like, I always feel like I'm, like, falling behind a little bit. Um, and we can fall into that trap of, expectations that go along with it I should be in this particular spot in my life by now I'm this age this is where I should be or I should have already accomplished you know a B and C already I should be on my way to this spot I should be on my way there and and we can fall into that trap of of that the expectations that fall into this age group and then also just the comparing And I was thinking and praying about why I wanted to talk about this. And I think part of it is because during the pandemic, we were all home. All we had was social media to keep us company and our families, unless unless you're someone who lives by yourself like like myself, right? Um, And so you'd scroll social media and you're looking at everybody else who's in your age group and you're going, wow, that so and so just just bought a house, so and so just just got a really good job, so and so just is traveling over. Well, maybe not traveling. Scratch that. So <laughs> this is what happens when I lose my notes. Um, I haven't even started my notes yet. <laughs> um, but so and so, you know, it, it just got married. So and so just just had a baby. What about me? Why, why haven't I done those things? What, God, am I falling behind? And we fall into that trap where we're comparing. And so that's kind of what I want to talk about today, because I've been there. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And then Proverbs 16 to 9, just because I love this scripture too. In their hearts, humans plan their course. We have a plan. We know the way it should go. But the Lord establishes their steps. So we think we know what our plan should look like. But God God has other plans. And his ways are always better. Like I said, I know this all too well. Um, When I was... 18. I was just starting out with the Lord at 18. I only um, started going to church when I was 15 and uh, got baptized with the Holy Ghost at 18. Um, And so I was 18 going off to university and I had my five, six year plan in place. I was going to, I went to UNB. I was going to graduate in four years with my bachelor of science. I was going to then go straight into a bachelor of education and finish that within a year, move home, start elementary education, and then from there, probably within a year, be married with maybe a couple kids after that. I'm 33. Let me tell you, none of that worked out in the time that I wanted it to. (laughs) Um, But I'm so thankful it didn't, because I've learned so much. It actually took me five years to graduate with my first bachelor's degree because I switched halfway from science into arts because I found out I loved history, Um, and that's okay. It's okay to take an extra year. Uh, Don't ever, if you are in the university, if you're in university or college and it's taking you an extra year or two to finish your degree or more, that's fine. Some people have to work, right, to be able to afford to go to school, and so it might take a little longer. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Um, so it took me five years and then I actually only went to do my education degree two years later because I did a year at NCC and then I went on missions. And I learned so much about myself in those two years that I would never go back. I would, I would never go back to the plan that I thought I was best for me back then because I learned so much about myself, about God and about my ministry excuse me, about my ministry. And uh, so once I did my education degree, I did move back home. I am teaching full-time in the high school level, (laughs) not elementary, and I love it. I love teaching high school, I love my job so much. I'm actually not even teaching history, I'm teaching math and science, but I love my job. So if I would have gone with what I thought I wanted, I wouldn't be this happy. God knew what I needed. I'm also, while we're on the topic of my plans, not married with kids. And for a while that bummed me out, I will be honest. Um, For a while it did bum me out. I'm like, my sister, my twin sister, my lovely twin sister got married at 24. She's now got three kids and they are the loves of my life. They bring me joy when I'm having a real hard day. I love them like they're my own but they're not mine. And so for the longest time I struggled, God, why? I see all these, I see all you young people getting married and starting families and it brings me much joy. But at the same time, the Lord had to help me to not be a little jealous. (laughs) Um, But I'm now in a place where I'm thankful that I did not get married at a young age. I've learned so much about myself In the last few years that I've been single in particular, especially the last year, that I could have never had a successful, healthy relationship then. And so again, if you're struggling with that, God's got you. He has a plan. And I feel like that's not talked about enough. I feel like in... This age group, there's so much pressure to find the one, to get married, to settle down. And it's great. The Bible does say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So I'm sure that you who have found a wife have found a good thing. But if you haven't, if you're not married yet, that's okay. That's okay. God's got you. He has a plan. Um, So, like I said... In this age group, there's a lot of expectations that go along with being in your 20s, early 30s, even 18, 19. I'm not forgetting about you guys. Um, some of them I've already mentioned. Number one, education. When you graduate high school, how many of you felt the pressure to go to a college or university directly out of school? Right? So much. And I, I, teaching high school, I can talk to the students that I teach. Um, about this. And some of them are like, well, my mom really, really wants me to go to university, but I kind of just want to take a year off. And I tell them, that's okay. Number one, respect your parents, but have a discussion with them. Tell them why you want to take a year off. It's okay to not go directly out. If the Lord is calling you to take some time, or if you're unsure what you want to do, that's okay, right? And so the expectation of, well, you know, you're not that smart if you don't go to college or university. Shame on you. You won't be successful. You won't have a future. That's not necessarily true, right? So if the Lord is calling you to do something else, follow what God is calling, right? Um, like I've already mentioned, love and marriage, right? There, there are uh, social expectations for young adults to be in a relationship. If you are not, you are a loser, or you're uncool. I mean, I am am very uncool, but that's okay. (laughs) The underlying message is that there is something wrong with you if you are not involved with someone. There's also an expectation in our society and the world to get married. Generation upon generation of parents, families, and friends pressure their loved ones about when they are getting hitched, this is f- taken directly from a, a website or a, a, an article I was reading, um, whether they have a significant other or not, right? So, yes, I, I, you know, I have been single for a while, and so many people were like, when are you going to find someone? <laughs> Listen, I've got other things to do. <laughs> I've got other things to do. Um, so, and then another one, children. So if you do get married... If you are married, I'm sure you've heard the question when are you having a kid? Yes, yes. <laughs> we were talking about that yesterday when we were having a, a meal ap- after service, and Braden was saying that he, he and Janelle have gotten that question a lot. Um, and then if you've had a kid, when are you going to have another one? Right? It's never ending. There's always that expectation. Um, and then money. Money. Oh. You know, well, when are you going to get a good job? Well, you're just working this nine to five job. When are you going to get a real job? I'm making money. <laughs> what do you mean? Right? There's always an expectation to have like a lot of money because without money, you can't buy a house and you can't buy a car and you can't go on vacations and you can't like let me live my life, right? <laughs> but so these are all expectations that we struggle with, and I know. I can hear you all going, yup, mm-hmm, and I see the head shaking. You agree with me. You felt these expectations. Let's go back to what God has, right? Timing is not the same for everyone. God wants you to have a good job. God wants you to be taken care of. He wants to take care of you. He wants you to be happy and have the things that your heart's desires as long as they line up with what he has for you. and so, but, but like I said, the timing is not the same for everyone. One of my absolute favorite scriptures, it was one of the first scriptures I memorized when I first came to church, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Like I said, one of my absolute favorite scriptures, and I go back to it time and time again. God has a plan For your life. A plan to prosper you, not to harm you. He doesn't want to bring harmful things. He doesn't want you to be in pain all throughout your 20s, comparing yourself to everybody else, wondering when your life is really going to begin. Your life has begun. He has it all planned out. Psalms 90 and 12 teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom I read that scripture, and I thought to myself, what does he mean by number our days? Like, count them? Like, I, well, we already know there's 365 days in a year. We already have the calendar. So I was like, what, what does that mean? And so I, I dived into it a little more. Um, it means to, uh, it means that we need God to reveal to us the brevity or the shortness of time of life. We Yes, we live till we're, hopefully, old. (laughs) You know, 80s, 90s, maybe even 100. Um, But the thing is that our time on life is still short because the older you get, like I said, the faster time goes. And so, if we are called for a purpose, which we are, then we need to realize that if we're wasting time comparing ourselves to people, We're not going to get the job done that God has for us, right? So we need to recognize the shortness of time, the brevity. We need God to number our days so we can stop focusing on everything else and start focusing on what he has for us. So getting God to reveal to us how short life on earth really is can be a powerful revelation that will help us to gain a heart of wisdom. If we can understand the brevity of life, then we will no longer waste time on things and expectations that don't matter. And we will focus our time on making sure we are following God's expectations and God's plans. Now, there are overall, there's two kind of plans that God has for us. There's the general and then there's the specific. The general is one that everyone has. We are all called to reach the lost. We are all called to preach or to to teach the word of God. Whether you're a preacher on the pulpit or you're someone who goes and you're sharing Jesus with your friend, you're you're still doing that general will of God. And so we are all called to do that, to reach people, to save souls, to bring people to God. That's the general will of God. Then there's the specific will of God. That is what God specifically has for each, and individual, each, each individual person. There we go. That is something that only you can seek him for. Yes, get others to pray with you and for you, and seek godly counsel, of course. Any decision I make, I, I pass by my pastor. But Make sure that God is speaking to you. John 10 verses 3 to 4 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. If you know the voice of God then you will follow him wherever he leads you to. Every single day, you will know what God wants you to do. Not the person beside you, but you, because you know his voice. If we want to be able to follow God in our life, in our lives, then we need to know his voice. Later on in that same chapter, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I can hear a voice, but maybe not recognize it because I don't know them. But if I know God, then I'm going to know when he's speaking to me. I'm going to know when he's saying, see that person over there in the corner? Go talk to them. Because only I can reach them. I'm going to know when I wake up in the morning and he needs me to go a particular route instead of another one, just just because maybe there's someone that I need to meet. I'm going to know those things because I know his voice. So I want to remind you all today that despite what society's expectations are for this time of your life, whether they think, whether they think that you are falling or failing, falling behind, that is not what God thinks. After all, aren't his expectations and his thoughts about us what really matter? What his thoughts about what we are doing with our lives That's what really matters. If we choose to focus on the world's expectations for where we should be, then we will lose sight of where God wants us to be, which would be horrible because God has amazing plans and he has a purpose. When I first came to God, that was one of the things I held on to the most. God has a plan and a purpose. I'm not just walking around aimlessly on this earth. I'm not just here to pay bills and live day to day. I'm here for a purpose, for a reason. And that's something I try to share. I was, like Brian said, youth pastor for seven years. Almost every message that I preached, I made sure to tell people. I made sure to tell my young people, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose. You're here for a reason. And I'm telling the same to all of you. You are here for a reason. It's not a coincidence that you chose to wake up early, even though you probably went to bed very late, to come to a hyphen session and to hear this message. God wanted to remind you that you're here for a reason. He has a purpose for your life. And that's something that only God can do through you. Not what other people think of you, but God. There are things that only you can accomplish. People that only you can reach. Souls that only you can lead to God. And so where you are at in your walk with God, where you are at in your life right now, if you're far away from God, or if you're, you know you're right where you want to be, or where you need to be, God still has a plan for you. While preparing this message, I felt strongly in my spirit that some of you Maybe even all of you have felt a call of God on your life. Some of you, maybe it would have been at a youth convention years ago when you were a teenager, and it's been so long ago, but you think about it from time to time. I remember that altar call where God called me. And then Braden's message last night confirmed it for me. I, I, I felt it again. God's got a call. He's called you already. He's called some of you. But some of you are holding those stones and you feel like you're too weighed down to be able to do anything. But you let those go yesterday. Today is a new day. A fresh start. So those expectations that were weighing you down, those thoughts of fear, of failure, of I'm not where I should be, You let those go yesterday. Today is a fresh start. You felt the call, but maybe years have passed. That fire that was there is now a memory, and you no longer feel like you're in the right place. Like I said, you were carrying those heavy stones. So I feel to tell you that that calling you felt years ago, it's still there. God did not take it off of you. It's still there. That fire is just waiting to be reignited. That anointing is still there. God has not taken his hand off of you. He has not forgotten you, even though it feels like maybe he has, because you aren't where you thought you'd be. Whether you are in a different place in life than you expected because of your choices or because he had different plans, that anointing is still there. That call that God placed on your life is still there. Um, a few weeks ago, maybe even a, a, a month ago, maybe um, during one of our small, our church's small life groups, Raymart, uh, who is our, our midweek teacher in the small group I go to, he preached or spoke on, not preached, he spoke on the anointing. And while I was preparing this, I kept going back to my notes on what he said. So um, I'm going to share some of it. So thank you. Um, He said that anointing is to be separated for a purpose. You were separated for a purpose, for a call. You are called. Keep that in mind. Um, There is a particular, and he shared this and I loved this. It's just blew my mind. So cassia is a flower and it's an ingredient that is in anointing oil. He could probably explain it better, but I'm gonna try. Um, And it means, cassia means to bend down. Um, Cassia is a yellow flower on trees and it will not bloom until it is hanging down, until it's bent down. So keep that in mind. That cassia flower, that cassia means to bend down. It's hanging off the tree. It won't bloom until it's bent down. Kind of like how we will not properly feel the anointing until we are bent down to God, until we give him everything. Every expectation, every hope, every fear, every desire, every plan that we have, we give it to him. So So we need to make sure that we are submitting that... To God because we are separated for a purpose if you want that anointing then that is something that you need to make sure that you're doing not just once but every day and sometimes we think doing it once oh yeah I've I've done that I I gave that to God yesterday well did you pick it up today we can say time and time again I've given God my plans it's fine but then the next day did you got did you ask God to lead you did you ask God what his plans are? And if you didn't, then maybe that means you picked up those plans again. I've done that before where I've, I've given things to God and then without even thinking, I'm ruling it again. I'm holding on to it again. And once again, I feel lost. And I, and I wonder where I'm supposed to go and, and why I feel far from God. And, but it's because, again, I didn't leave it at an altar I didn't bend down and submit it to God. John 3 and 30, he must increase, but in order for that to happen, I must decrease. I must decrease in order for him to increase. In order for his plans in my life to happen, in order for his expectations to be put onto my life, he has to be the one to increase, and what I want has to decrease. It takes a lot to say, "Okay, God, I submit. I humble myself. I will follow your plan. I will give you everything. I will follow your timing. Because sometimes I'm a type A personality. I like to have control of things. And that is something I struggle with. But I give it to God daily because I know his plans are the best. His plan for me is better than I could have imagined. Uh, I'm just about done, so I'll get Alana to come back to the music. God's plan is perfect; it 100% is His plan for us, for you, is perfect, and His plan for you will be powerful. You will, you are going to do amazing things that you never expected, or even dreamed possible. I never once thought that a, a a young a young girl I was 24 when I went on missions to Africa that's crazy for me my family I come from a family that does not have a lot of money they've never traveled ever I grew up in government housing my dad's not in the picture and for me the things that I've done the places I've gone the people I've met that God has allowed to happen in my life Wow my mom even gets blown away at the fact that the shy, stuttering little girl that she knew can stand up in front of people and speak. But that's because God did it. If you seem off track, or you know that you've gotten off of God's track, it's not too late. I want to remind you that God's timing is not our timing his expectations are not the same as the world's expectations you aren't running behind you aren't failing and it's not that you haven't quite made it you are where God wants you to be here on a Saturday morning to be reminded that God has a plan for your life I'll read Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 again. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. That calling that you felt all those years ago, it's still there. Your mission field, whether it's whether you were called to go overseas, or whether your mission field is in your hometown, it's still there. And it's still waiting for you. That churchless area that maybe you felt called to pastor, it's still there. Waiting for you to go. That soul that you felt to talk to, but didn't have the courage to yet, they're still there waiting for you to reach out. It's not too late. It's not too late for you. Let's all stand. It's not too late for you to figure out what God has for you. It's not too late for you to get back on track with what God has. Never mind God's uh, never mind the world's expectations. Focus on God's expectations. Focus on what God has for you. Like I said, you're not failing. You're not falling behind. So let's take a moment and let's spend some time with God this morning. We're going to go to the general session in a little bit, but God has something for you. This is the beginning of getting back on track with God, following the plan he has for your life. Thank you, Jesus. God, we worship you this morning. We're so thankful, God, that you've called each and every person here for a specific plan and a specific purpose. I'm thankful for the presence that we feel in this place, God. I pray, Lord, for each person that is here. I pray, God, that you would give them the anointing, that you would give them the courage and the strength to let go of some things, to let go of some expectations, fears that might be holding them back, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help them to see that you have made everything perfect that you will keep them on track. Help us, God, to hear your voice, to learn your voice, to spend daily time with you so that we can build that relationship to know your voice. Help us, God, daily to let go of the things, God, to, to decrease so that you can increase, God. We want your will to be done in our lives, Jesus. Help us, God, to follow your expectations and your desires and your plans, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How they-